0: This This. This is the Dental Experience Podcast. Here's your host, Ryan Vett.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Dental Experience Podcast. I'm super honored to have with me today Craig Cody, who is a CPA, tax coach, and a business owner. But interestingly enough, he was also a former New York City police officer. And I'm sure there's many, many stories you have there with over 17 years of experience. So, Craig, I'm excited to hear and learn from you today. Welcome to the show.
0: Oh, thank you very much for having me. I'm psyched to be here.
1: Of course. And, and we can kind of tell that you're, you're probably from New York, uh, which is awesome. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite cities, and my wife and I frequently visit the city. But I would love to know, how does a New York City police officer turn into a CPA? Like That just does not seem like a normal course of a career pathway.
0: Right, it might not, to most people, it may not, but, you know, the New York City Police Department, at least when I was there, had about 35,000 members. Wow. So there are definitely, you know, a a number of people that, you know, come in from different, you know, avenues. And I was an economics major before I became a cop, before I decided to follow my dad's footsteps. So uh, I had three years behind me in economics, became a police officer, kind of went through the ranks and... At some point, I decided um, I wanted to do something different, and that led me to going back to school for accounting. I was actually going to go into financial planning, and I realized how much I liked accounting and saving people money and taxes, and uh, here we are today.
1: That's awesome. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what your experience was like uh, on the force, but at the end of this episode, you have something extremely exciting to give away to everyone that listens. So I do encourage everyone to to stay tuned to find out how you can find an awesome freebie from Craig, in addition to some of the tips he's about to share on how to make sure you're spending what you must on taxes, but not overspending on your taxes, and and make sure you can minimize the taxes. So definitely stay tuned. But Craig, I would love to know a little bit more from you. What was probably one of the highlights of, of being a New York City police officer? I'm sure you saw some incredible things, uh, but What was one of
0: your highlights? Oh, God. You know, there were just some, I mean, just the people I worked with. I would say that's probably it. I I worked with such a, you know, vast array of people from all different, you know, parts of the city and the surrounding areas. And um, just, I was lucky to work with, you know, really good people, people that went on to, you know, um, really good positions. And I would say, yeah, the people.
1: That's great. And when you're when you're a cop in the city, do you have a certain borough that you hang out in or do you kind of travel throughout everywhere?
0: Yeah, so so my 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 kind of um I I worked in a number of different places. I was a, a cop in Midtown. I worked in plain clothes uh, what they called an anti-crime unit in Midtown. Then I was promoted and I worked uptown during the crack academic wow. uh, of the late 80s. Um then I went on. I was lucky. I worked uh, with the mayor's security detail and in the intelligence division, so that mm. was very interesting. Um, going out to organize crime shootings and stuff like that. So you know, different, definitely different stuff. And then uh, towards the end, I got promoted again to lieutenant, and I was in Queens, and you know, that was you know another borough. Things are done a little bit differently. Um, I had a great run though, and you know, one thing that I really learned to do, um, and I'm a big um, proponent of communicating with people. So i learned to communicate with the, the corporate CEO, you know, in Midtown to, you know, somebody living in a really depressed area. And, you know, you learn to, you know, how, how to to talk to people, how to extract information, how to get your point across, you know, and we're not talking about beating somebody over the head with a stick either, but, you know, you just learn to communicate and that has really helped me uh, in what I do now. That's great.
1: And since you were on the, the street so much and interacting with people in Midtown, uh, and I, I would say Midtown is probably where most, most tourists end up, What is there like a hidden gem restaurant or coffee shop or something <laughs> that you, you discovered?
0: Well, it's it's been a long time, unfortunately, and I knew them all. Trust me, if you took a look at me, I, I knew how to eat. <laughs> um, but when I worked in Midtown um, on 42nd Street between 7th and 8th Avenue, There was six of us on one side of the block, and there were six of us on the other side of the block. And people were still getting robbed left and right. So that's how it's it's such a – when you go there today, it's so different but it, it really was bedlam back in the day.
1: Wow. Well, Craig, I appreciate you you sharing a little bit about your experience. But now you're, you're a CPA, and you love to help people make sure that they're really efficiently monitoring what they're spending on taxes, making sure they're not overspending. And I know you have some clever strategies, and uh, you're an author in this space. So let, let's just get started. What got you passionate about helping dentists make sure that they're spending what they must, but saving where they can on taxes?
0: Well, you know, we worked with a couple of dentists and we realized that, you know, we could really help them, you know, number one, save a lot of tax dollars that they, they were overpaying in taxes. Um, we could get them to, you know, streamline the accounting so they could actually, you know, enjoy their free time a little bit more. Um, and we've been successful there. And from that, we've been working with, you know, clients all over the country. That's awesome. That's great. And you know. Why? Why do you
1: think dentists typically overspend on taxes? I mean, most—I would say most Americans—don't uh, realize some of the opportunities that they have to ethically reduce their their tax burden. Why? Why do you think most dentists overspend?
0: Well, I, I think what happens is, you know, you, when you go to school, whatever profession you're in, they don't talk to you about taxes. They don't really give you that much information on the business side, and um, there's only so much time in the day. So if you're doing your own taxes, you're missing a whole ton of stuff. Um, and if you're not working with the right professional, um, they're not being proactive. And our whole um, way of doing business is we're proactive with our clients, so we can help them, you know, keep more of what they're making.
1: What are some of the main areas where people just totally miss the boat? And I know this is something you offer and you you help actually do taxes. But what is like every time you look at taxes, it's that one thing that you're like, how can you not get this right?
0: Well, there's so many of them. One of them is failing to plan. I mean, nobody plans. They're going to go on vacation. They plan. They're going to buy a new vehicle. They plan. All right. Uh, There's very little planning that goes along with, you know, taxes. And typically, if you talk to somebody, and unfortunately, if you talk to many CPAs, you know, tax planning is telling the client in December how much of a payment they need to make in January. Right. So that's being very reactionary. We like to be proactive and tell our clients different things that they could do or how to do things maybe a little bit differently so they can take advantage of what the code allows them to do. And if the code allows you to do it, why not do it? Right. So failing to plan is probably the biggest you know, biggest mistake we see.
1: Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And you just said something really interesting. If the codes there take advantage of the code, I know there's a fine line between people taking what I would call unethical tax deductions. And then there's the people who just are paying too much because they don't know what's available to them. How do you walk that fine line and help clients do the make the ethical choices while still taking advantage of the the tax benefits that are out there for them?
0: Well, there's plenty of legal tax benefits that are out there that people aren't taking advantage of. So you, you just show them how to do it correctly so they take advantage of it. You don't need to get into those so-called gray areas. Why get into them right. when there's plenty of opportunities out there that people are missing already? Right.
1: And how, how do you best help people identify them? Have you just been doing it so long? You know, these are the areas where people typically aren't, aren't saving where they can. Or how, What does your process look
0: like? Okay. So my process starts with loads of, tra- doing, I've been doing it for a long time. Um, I do a lot of continuing ed. I actually run a mastermind of people that do what I do. So I really stay on top of what you can and cannot do. Cool. And then our process, our typical process with a, a, you know, a new client or, or potential client is we'll review the prior year tax returns and we'll look for those mistakes and or missed opportunities. And I'm able to identify those and then we'll go through them with the client and point them out and say, Okay, here's what we estimate your savings will be twenty thousand dollars, whatever the number is. Right. And and from there, you know, we'll either go forward in the tax plan with the client or, you know, they'll decide that, you know, they don't want to save the money and you know, they'll continue, you know, overpaying Uncle Sam.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned a couple moments ago, in this conversation that often people fail to plan. And that's the number one mistake that you're seeing people make. How often should someone actually be communicating with their CPA? Is this something that they do April 14th crying saying I forgot or obviously not that, that was sarcastic. But how often should that communication happen?
0: I believe at least monthly. So we communicate with our clients. We we have a call, Zoom call with them once a month, Hmm. all right, to go over the P&L. So I think that you want to be, you know, if you're running a business, all right, you need good numbers. And in order to make good numbers, to have good numbers, to make good decisions, um, you need to be going over those on a regular basis. So I believe at least monthly, you should be having that discussion.
1: Yeah, that's excellent. And personally, as a business owner, I will attest to that. I mean, failing to plan is obviously one of the biggest things that's going to cost you. But this idea that you have a CPA who understands tax law, and that's one of the big differentiators between a CPA and just a normal bookkeeper. But uh, there's many more, but that, that's one of the big ones. The, the CPA can help you make not only strategic business decisions, but strategic business decisions that impact taxes. And I think that's so important and something that people overlook because they've got their brother, sister's cousin doing their, their books every week and running payroll twice a month. And they think they're, they're, boxes are checked. What would you say to the person that's got that bookkeeper uh, relationship in their office? And and how would you expand and say, hey, it's great, but you also need a CPA?
0: Well, I I would say when was the last time that person came to you with an idea to save you taxes? (laughs) True. And typically when I ask that question, I kind of get that glazed over look in the eyes and it's never. um, I said, If that's the case, you need to, you know, talk to somebody about, you know, Tax planning and seeing if you can be proactive and save some money. That's
1: so true. And speaking of saving money, what is the the most expensive tax, tax mistake that you've seen cost dental practices thousands of dollars?
0: Oh uh, well, there there are so many. Uh, you know, one of them is operating out of the wrong entity. You know, are you an S corporation, and maybe you shouldn't be an S corporation? Are you an LLC? Are you a partnership? What what is you know really the best entity for your situation? and typically when we talk to clients you know what made you decide to be the S corporation or the partnership and it's well you know I called up my attorney and he says okay we should form this and there's probably a reason that they decided that but there's no tax reason that's based on so i always say you know have your cpa and your attorney have a discussion before you form that entity and see what's going to work out best for you from a tax perspective and you know from a business liability perspective. And sometimes you can actually have your cake and eat it. Hmm, That's great.
1: I'm going to go off a little off script here, Craig. I hope that's okay. Uh, You're probably used to curve balls being a former officer in the city, but we're seeing a lot of consolidation of the dental industry right now. And some people are for it, some people are against it, some people are neutral. I don't want to get into that conversation, but the conversation I would be curious to have with you is when these acquisitions do happen, there's major, major tax implications. Do you have any tips for those that are looking to retire or looking to sell their practice uh, on when to engage a CPA, first of all, and then what are some of the things that they can look for to make sure that that transaction is as tax efficient as possible?
0: Well, I think they should engage their CPA you know, way before they're looking to sell, all right, just you know pre preposition things so everything is really lined up the best, and then you know it's got to be part of the negotiation how how things are gonna going to be set up how you know what what where are your assets what are the what's the fair market value of these assets how much goodwill are you is the person going to pick up you know what what is going to be done what can you do to potentially limit your capital gains? You know is that do you have things going on outside your business that maybe you could use to offset those capital gains mm-hmm. you know what strategies can you know can you put into play but it's definitely not something you don't do the day before right exactly exactly
1: and i I'll, I'll say you know in starting a business i I did not consult a CPA and I think that's an important this was a an early business many years ago and I, I wish I would have because Had I started it as an LLC and then turned it into the C Corp that it ended up becoming uh, because I had investors and had to do SEC filings and all of that, but had I started it as an LLC, when I was paying for everything, there would have been a a great deal of tax benefit to me that I missed out on. And, And so I would also say not only before you start the sales process, but if you're looking to start a new practice or buy a practice, consult a CPA too, because there's, there's things that you need to know before you even spend your first dollar in your new business and how to best allocate those dollars and how to set up your businesses and all of that. So is setting up business is something you help with?
0: Yes, we, we work, we've worked with the, you know, a number of clients pre-purchase to make sure things were set up the correct way.
1: That's great. Um,
0: So we, we handle the whole process from, you know, beginning to, you know, when they're finally, you know, cashing out. That's great. And what would you say
1: if you have like one success story that sticks out? Obviously, you can't talk about who, but can you talk about a story where you help someone that had been paying taxes for a while that they shouldn't have necessarily had to have paid, and all of a sudden you came in and saved them a huge amount? Could you talk about maybe that story and how you some specific items that you were able to save?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, there's a number of those stories. I mean, the biggest one was about four hundred fifty thousand dollars in savings, and you know, I hate to say it, you know. But what we did was not rocket science, you know. Um, so that was probably the biggest savings we had. But you know, on average, you know, the typical dentist is somewhere between twenty and fifty thousand dollars in savings per year. So
1: you're saying that most dentists could get two to four thousand dollars extra a month in annualized income if they work with someone like you.
0: If they did some planning, yes, they could. All right, um, and that's money they could put back into the business. That's money they could put into retirement planning. There's a lot of different things that they can do. That's incredible. And do you also work
1: with dentist families too, and looking at kind of their family situation and see how that integrates with their practice?
0: Well, we look at their whole situation. So we 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 are just not. We only we do not only deal with dentists. So we have other types of entities that we deal with. So I have somebody that has 15 years in the real estate department of a big, you know, CPA firm. So when it comes to real estate, he's an expert. So we have a whole team approach here and we just don't deal with, you know, dentists only. We have a varied practice and that's good for our clients because the typical dentist that's successful, he wants to get into other, other areas. And that's where we're able to help. That's, that's wonderful. Well, I would love to hear a little bit about
1: your book. You, you've written several books, and your third book was entitled The 12 Biggest Tax Mistakes uh, That Cost Dentists Thousands. Well, obviously, if you've written three books, you, you have a little bit of knowledge and insight, but in this third one, you're specifically talking to dentists, and you're specifically talking about how uh, they're spending thousands more than they probably should spend. Could you give us a little synopsis on that book?
0: Oh, yeah. So we've talked about failing to plan. We've talked about the wrong business entity. Um There's qualified business income, which is new. All right. Now there are some income limitations there. So if we are close to the qualified business income is fairly new, it was passed in the most recent tax bill. And this is the 2018 was the first tax year. And basically it's a 20% deduction off of your net income. Now, if you're a dentist and your taxable income is over $415,000, you don't get that deduction. So there's a phase out between 315 and 415. So there may be planning opportunities to get you under that three hundred fifteen thousand dollar number. Um, there may not be, but um, there's also a number of things that you have to do to qualify. So that's something big, or especially for somebody that might be, you know, in a newer practice where they're not yet making the, that big money. So there's qualified business income. There's the wrong retirement plan. How are you set up? Um, are you set up as a simple IRA? Are you doing a four hundred one k you know, are you hiring your family? I mean, the tax court says, you know, you could hire your kids as young as seven. I typically recommend let's wait till they're 11. You have to pay them a reasonable la- wage. But, you know, kids today on a federal level can make up to $12,000 a year before they have to pay any federal hmm. tax. Interesting. You have to document that and do it correctly. Um, medical benefits. Um, another thing is the home office. You know, do you spend 15 hours a week working out of your home office? Most people I know, most business owners I I know do. Um, it doesn't give you a big deduction, but it opens up the the door to deducting your travel costs between your home and your other place of business. It also opens up something called the home athletic facility, which could mm. be your pool, could be your spa, could be your home gym. So now that becomes deductible. So these are the big things that it opens up. So everyone, go get
1: a pool in your backyard. That that's a deduction if you work that's from home. It,
0: <laughs> if you if you have a home office and you spend those 15 hours a week yes that that is something that is legally deductible that's fascinating um, another thing that we see and it, it boggles the mind sometimes is you know depreciation and amortization you know and, and typically you know it's People that are waiting to the last minute and they're going to somebody that's overworked at the wrong time of year and they're missing on depreciation expense or amortization of goodwill. So, you know, you have goodwill that's amortized over 15 years. It could be twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 a year wow. and you're missing that expense.
1: That's absolutely incredible. And Craig, there, there are a whole lot of good items in your book that are some of what we just talked about, but there's even more. And so at the end, we're going to uh, tell listeners how they can get an incredible deal uh, on that, uh, about the same price that they'll probably pay for their tax bill with if they work with you. But before we get there, I would love to just briefly touch on associates. So associates aren't owning a practice and uh, they're not necessarily they they don't have that business expense that a lot of practices owners have. How, are, do you have any tips for associates in maximizing their their tax benefit?
0: Unfortunately, under the new you know tax code, there's really not much that the associate can do these days. Um, you know, most associates should be paid as a W two. Uh, you know. There are a lot of people that are paid on 1099s but I think, you know, if the IRS ever looked at it, they would probably reclassify them as a W2 person. And one of the things that the tax bill did change was um, expenses related to, you know, your what we call unreimbursed business expenses when you're working for somebody are no longer deductible to you. So What you may want to do is you may want to, instead of being compensated and then paying for your own CE and stuff like that is, you know, maybe have your compensation lowered a bit and have the dentist pay for your CE and stuff like that. Because these things are no longer deductible to the individual.
1: Yeah, but I think what you just said—most people won't go ask for a lower salary when when they go <laughs> negotiate. But the reality is, and, and my wife is a dentist, and she's an associate. These are some of the things that we've actually tried to do to incorporate to maximize our, you know, her income versus expense. And now that's a lot's not as uh, expensible with new tax laws, how can we we make sure that uh, she can still get that benefit uh, pre-tax money? And, and so I think that's a great tip.
0: Yeah, uh, unfortunately, one of the casualties of the new tax law is the associate in that you know one hundred fifty two hundred thousand dollar range. Um, they're they are one of the few people that I've seen that have actually you know been hurt by the tax bill, whereas the typical business owner has been helped. Yeah.
1: And with every tax law and every tax season, there, there's new laws and all of that. And uh, when you as a CPA take that burden off the dentist and as a, a tax coach, that's a huge, huge burden alleviated. And the reality is a dentist is an expert teeth; in, in, they're not an expert in taxes and they shouldn't have to be an expert in taxes. So contacting someone like you, Craig, is just a, an awesome, awesome route to go. And for those of you that don't work with a CPA, first of all, shame on you. Uh, TurboTax is Great if you don't own your own business and you don't want to save on taxes. So definitely contact an expert like Craig. But Craig, in these last couple of minutes here, I have two questions for you. The first is, is there anything that we didn't cover that you want to share with the audience? And then I'll ask the second.
0: No, I, I just want to touch on the importance of making sure you are communicating with your CPA on a regular basis. That's really important.
1: That is important. And again, just to reiterate what Craig said earlier, it's not it's not April 14th. It's not April 16th to plan for next year. Uh, it's April 16th and then every other month thereafter, if not more frequently, to really understand uh, how your business is doing this year. And so the CPA can understand the forecast and trajectory and start planning. Again, going back to planning, uh, how to best uh, save and spend wisely so that you can ha- have the most tax benefit possible for your business. Definitely. So, Craig, I-, I appreciate your time. This has been a great episode, super insightful. We promised at the beginning a, a gift to the listeners, and uh, I really appreciate this generous offer. So, Craig, I'll let you go ahead and-, and share what the offer is.
0: Sure. So, my most recent book is The 12 Biggest Tax Mistakes That cost Dentists Thousands. And we are going to give you a free paper copy, yes, a real copy. Um, if you go to my website, which is Craig Cody and company.com forward slash dental experience, there's an opt-in box. You could put your information in and we'll mail the book out to you. Awesome. And we'll have
1: that link in the show notes as well. Craig, I really appreciate that generous gift, first of all. And I appreciate you know your service on, on the police force in New York City and helping to keep that city as safe as possible and making it a place that my wife and I enjoy frequenting. And now thank you for helping dentists and other business owners really make sure that they're they're spending wisely and uh, maximizing tax benefits that are available to them. I appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, thank you for listening to the Dental Experience
1: Podcast. Until next time.
0: Thank you for listening to The Dental Experience Podcast. For show notes, to ask a question, or for more information, visit www.thedentalpodcast.com.
1: The ideas discussed during this episode are the opinions of the participants
0: and do not serve as legal, financial, or clinical advice. Until next time, this is The Dental Experience Podcast.